Hello and welcome to Sharp Tech. I'm Andrew Sharp and this is a free preview of today's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sharp Tech. I'm Andrew Sharp and sitting across from me, Ben Thompson. Ben, how you doing? A little weirded out. Um, I, I'm just always jarring when you're sitting with someone having a conversation and suddenly they turn on their podcast voice. Uh, so, Well, you've taken the wind out of my sails here. <laughs> I was excited for an intimate conversation here. We're on opposing couches and here's my... My co-host is weirded out, so I think that's a bad omen for the rest of the show. I feel we'll like you just doubled down on podcast voice, so we should probably get started. Let's go. Let's get started. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Email at sharptech.fm if you've got questions for future episodes. But we're going to begin, we mentioned on the last show, we wanted to talk about Google I.O. a little bit. And so, Ben, I want to set the scene. In February, Google staged an AI event in France that appeared to be a frenzied response to Microsoft and their work with OpenAI, and the event was somewhere between underwhelming and embarrassing, potentially alarming for Google believers out there. And over the last couple of days, in talking to you offline, you sounded considerably more impressed by the Google I.O. presentation we got last week. So in broad strokes, what stood out to you? Are, are we back in on Google? I had sold all of my Sundar stock. Is it time to buy back in? What do you think? Well, I think the thing that was weird about France, and some people are like, oh, no, that was just some little regional event. You read too much into it, blah, blah, blah. I don't know about that. I mean, it was sort of like announced right when the Microsoft announcement was rumored or I think was already announced. And it, the funny thing about it was it like usually tech presentations, they seem so polished. And in this case, it felt like the presenters were like seeing the slides for the first time. Mm. And again, admittedly, you were watching it kind of biased under the circumstances, but it was kind of uh, accentuated by the fact that one of the presenters was talking about some feature and they said, now let me do a demo. And then they're like, oh, I don't have a phone to do the demo with. <laughs> I'm not sure if that got taken out, uh, edited out, but it was pretty funny. Um, whereas, you know, this was a certainly a much more polished uh, presentation as you sort of come to expect. And the thing is, is that I have actually really liked the last several Google IOs. I mean, Google IOs had a really interesting sort of journey. I mean, this whole spring developer conference thing really started or I think it's always been Apple's been the big one WWDC and ever since the iPhone was a thing WWC has been a huge event and then Microsoft came along they're going to do build and Google had IO I think Google IO was first but there was I think Google IO really got on the map when they had this big presentation about Android taking on you know taking on Apple and we kind of talked about it last episode where they got in this very us versus them sort of mindset, which was very entertaining mm-hmm. from a sort of uh, uh, tech analyst perspective, but was not a good idea. Yeah, for bad business strategy. <laughs> bad, bad business strategy, right? <laughs> Fun it, for media. Yeah, sure. it was. No, it was. It was really. It's actually really fascinating. I mean, we, again, we talked about it a bit last week, but there was so clearly this human competitive element that had taken over, and it's funny how even in the biggest tech companies filled with the smartest people just like human nature sort of took over in like a major way and there's no better example of that than those original google io conferences basically you know <laughs> painting apple as 
the the bad guy and we are you know the the champions of freedom who are going to take them on um but over the last there were there was a real shift i noted when sundar pachai took over that de-emphasize android and really like we're back to you know we spent a lot of time talking about what google is what it does and then the whole like we are now an ai company mm-hmm. and the you know when did that start? When did the AI messaging begin? 2015, 2016. Yeah, okay. somewhere, somewhere around then. And, you know, it was a reasonable and I think still reasonable sort of thing where, you know, I think I've made the joke on the podcast before, you know, anything in the future is AI. Anything employed by like Google or Facebook is machine learning. And anything that normal people can do is, you know, an Excel function or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And then the capability sort of moved down like that. But Google's like, yeah, we're an AI company. And this is how it's, you know, being surfaced in search, Google Photos, you know, Gmail, like completing your things. They had these cool demos of like that whole thing where you could like call a restaurant and like someone would like call on your behalf, like the computer would call on your behalf and all all these all this sort of stuff. A, a good portion of which, by the way, has sort of switch, has shipped and, and is out there. And it's like, yeah, it, we leverage AI to make our products better and make life easier for you. And I thought it was sort of a, a compelling articulation of that. And what the the upheaval from ChatGPT was just sort of a really explicit manifestation of this is something that was not possible previously and it now is, right? Yep. It's not like making a product better. It's doing this crazy stuff. And I think that's part of what sort of knock Google off its axes was it wasn't let's take our products and, you know, slowly enhance them. But it was just like out, out of left field, this completely this new way a different to product almost. Yeah. It's a, it's a different product. And, you know, on one hand, I think the strongest parts of this year's Google IO were where they where they took generative AI and put it into their products once again. It's basically the same thing that's been, been it, impressive. And in in some ways, it was similar to what I saw from the Microsoft demo, where you're taking AI and improving Microsoft Word and improving Outlook and all of the products they already have, and sort of enhancing or protecting the advantages they've enjoyed for a really long time with Microsoft Office. That's some of what I saw at Google I.O. with what they're doing with search and also, you know, integrating it into Google Photos and their workspace and everything else. So, yeah, I mean, I think in in a lot of ways, it sounds like it's consistent with the strategy they've had for several years. Right. And and, and like the Google Photos one was was amazing. Right. Like, And I thought I love how they framed the progression of we went from being able to like recognize photos to you know, magic eraser, we can take stuff out to now we can like, it's like real time Photoshop. You can change the sky. You can remove different humans that you don't want in your photos. Right. But that thing where they, they shifted the balloons to the middle and then like fills in, it's like, that's generative AI. It's it's like generating parts of the image that were not there, but it makes a better photo that is like more true to the spirit of like what it was taken. (laughs) Is that a real photo? You know, lots of questions around that for sure. Uh, and, And yeah, and there's, there is this bit where, like Microsoft, they have all these places to expose this that are obviously useful, right? It, it, like help me write is really useful in the context of email, right? Yeah. When you have to write an email and you know what you what, what you want to say or a, a you know a spreadsheet or or whatever it might be, and so all that stuff was good and it was good and impressive in the way it's a great callback the way that Microsoft's demos were sort of good and impressive. The bit that did stand out to me, though, was how aggressively they sort of stuck it into search. And again, this hasn't shipped yet, but, you know, Microsoft, they kind of like had this 
chat thing on the side of Bing, and then if you scrolled up, you could get just a pure chat interface. Whereas Google's like, nope, it's front and center. It's right on top. It's the above the fold, right? Mm-hmm. Above the fold in search is basically what shows up on your screen before you have to scroll. And for Google, that's always been very important, particularly in terms of making money. It's like you can count like how many ads are above the fold, and that number sort of kept going up. Yep, and ticking and, upwards yeah, for 20 years now. Well, especially, I think, over the last decade on mobile. And uh, and they're, they're like, no, above the fold for a lot of searches is now for this. Now, they, they did show like a shopping one where the ads were still at the top, and which was, you know, they do still need to make money. And I, but, but the big takeaway was to the extent we can stay in this paradigm, I think they did the best possible example of, look, AI fits in the paradigm of the way we use all this stuff today. And we can win with it because people already are in our paradigm. They're already in our products and using them. Mm-hmm. The question that does still remain is when it comes to products where Google actually makes money, which is like, life insurance like they, they make crazy amounts of money on like a search ad for life insurance right best life insurance or whatever right and you can imagine like that's a, the lifetime value of that is massive you're paying a huge premium every year and so these like these ads for a conversion can cost hundreds of dollars and they they make a, a ton of money on it if the ai is really good and it actually you believe it's no it's just going to give me the best answer so wouldn't they just not use ai for commercially viable ads like that or searches. Right. But other people will. And so uh, okay. that that's, that that's kind of the, the question about this, this part, particularly some of the chat interfaces and generative AI is it's not that they're disruptive or, or sustaining or those sort of categories I talked about. They're just better, right? It's like, it's like, like the idea of something being disruptive is it's worse but it's more useful, more accessible. It's a different cost structure that that's more accessible. And it starts out not as good, but it sort of becomes better and better over time and eventually surpasses what's in the market. And whoever's in the market can't respond because they can't afford to not be as good enough, X, Y, Z. Sometimes stuff just comes in on the top and you're just screwed, right? Like the iPhone came in and was not disruptive to cell phones. In fact, the reason why, and now I kind of regret not putting this in there, the reason why Clay Christensen later admitted he was wrong about the iPhone, which he did not think would be sort of a big deal, was he he's like, you know, well, it's just sustaining innovation. It's just it's just a, you know, someone made a good cell phone. The existing makers, particularly Nokia, will make a good cell phone, too. Right. And he didn't sort of didn't really grok that this was something completely new. This would be an everything device. It was just better. Yeah. It was better and non-computer companies could not make something that was that good. And I think the threat for Google is maybe this AI stuff, not today, but in a maybe today for a lot of stuff. It's just better. It's it's it basically just comes in on top and just well, okay. squats on top. Other side of the coin though. All right, and that's the end of the free preview. If you'd like to subscribe and receive every episode of this show, you can do so by subscribing to Stratechery Plus. That'll give you access to every Sharp Tech episode, all of our Sharp China episodes, the Dithering Podcast with Ben and John Gruber, daily analysis of the tech business from Ben, and more shows that we'll be adding in the months to come. If you'd like to become a subscriber, click the link in your show notes to get access to the entire Stratechery universe.